Hey, y'all, my name is Nicole Rowan, and this is my podcast, a space to encourage you, share biblical truths, get all of these thoughts in my head out, and introduce you to some amazing people along the way. For more info, you can go to NicoleRowan.com. Okay, everyone, I am so excited to have Jenny Randall with us today. She is not only a speaker and an author, but what I love how she explains, a creative ninja. Uh, She is known for discipling creatives to speaking over women, championing people into their calling, and most recently has written an incredible, incredible book called Getting to Know God's Voice, which we will talk about here in just a minute. And she hosts a podcast that I already explained. I'm in love with the name. So if you're listening to this podcast, you clearly like podcasts. I need you to write this down or just get out of this one and go to hers called Shut the Should Up. She (laughs) recently moved from New York to Florida and um, is just sharing about the book, Getting to Know God's Voice all over. If you want more info on that, gettingtoknowgodsvoice.com. But I'm going to let her jump on and share a little bit about herself. And then we are going to talk about what it looks like to, to hear and understand the voice of God and how it is for everyone. You don't have to have a special anointing. You don't have to have been saved for X amount of years, but how it is the heart of the father that you hear him. So welcome, Jenny. It's such an honor to have you. I'm so excited to hang out. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how people can get connected with you, your website, even maybe your social media handles. Um, so yeah. when they fall in love with you in the next couple of minutes, they know how to get connected. <laughs> yeah. I love Instagram. So I'm at Jenny.Randall and Randall's R-A-N-D-L-E. And then um, my website's the same JennyRandall.com or just gettingallgodsvoice.com will redirect you to the same place. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So getting to know the voice of God is um, something that I am really passionate about. My husband and I have taught probably thousands at this point, how to prophetically hear the voice of God, how to prophesy Mm -hmm. and how, you know, the word says that my sheep hear my voice. Um, And so, you know, this is something that I, I love doing and anyone who knows me knows, oh, this is up Nicole's alley, but you know, I'd love to hear from you, Jenny, why writing this book, you know, dedicating all of the time that I know that it takes um, to write a book and of all the topics of all the things and all the experience that you've had being a creative and a Christian and um, the experience that you've had, you chose getting to know God's voice. So can you tell us why you chose that topic and um, how, I mean, even like how you first began to hear the voice of God? Yeah. Yeah. I became a Christian at 18 and it obviously changed, it changed everything, right? Getting to know Jesus, it changed everything. And it was so radical for me. And I was in a church culture where understanding the Holy spirit um, and having him minister through a service with different giftings that was operating freely. Um, And, and, but it went on to where it was, it was harmful. They were misusing the Holy spirit. They were manipulating. Um, and what I mean by that is, for example, I'm just making this example up, but yeah. it would be similar. Whereas they'd be like, Oh, the Lord is saying this. And they would say something to manipulate people to do something mm-hmm. a certain way. Um, so I went on this, this 20 year journey of, okay, well that's not right. 
So what does it look like to, to hear God authentically, biblically, yeah. accurately, and how does that impact me and the world in which I live? And I, I, I've seen the gifts, oh, it breaks my heart, mm-hmm. so misused. I've seen the Holy Spirit so manipulated. And I wanted to write a book. And, and then on the other side of things, I've seen the Holy Spirit missed out on because yeah. there wasn't a teaching of, of what he sounds like or how he operates within the giftings and ministers in and through people. So I wanted to write this book um, as sort of an, a middle ground. Like this is, this is what God sounds like. Here's the biblical context for that. And it doesn't have to be creepy. It doesn't have to be over the yeah. top. It's, it, it needs to be, pre- he needs to be present. Holy spirit. Isn't an it. So sorry that I just referred to him as so <laughs> he is a, he, and, um, I just, my heart is to, um, condense all of the information I've learned over the last 20 years of discovering God fully and put it in this book and help just guide and bring people on the journey of, of exploring and learning about him deeper. And it, it really just boils down to intimacy, yeah. to being with him and learning what he sounds like through a whole different bunch of avenues, which I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> yeah. And when, when was the first time you know, you mentioned becoming a Christian changed your life, but when was the first time that you actually heard the voice of God? Hmm. I, I, that's a great question because I can't actually pinpoint it back to a specific thing. I, I look back on my journey and I was the type of person that I would just flip over, flip open my Bible and be like, Oh, the Lord is speaking, like whatever verse <laughs> was, like, was for me, um, totally pulling verses out of context. And, and the Lord was gracious. He would sometimes use those verses to speak life into me. And mm-hmm. the Bible is the first and foremost uh, way God will speak into our lives. And I think um, part of my heart, too, is to help train us in, in, in how to view the Bible properly within yeah. its context and scripture context and things like that. But that's a whole different ballgame. But I, I would hear God speak oftentimes through people. Um, so we would have a prophet come to church and, and they would speak an encouraging word to me, um, about a lot of times about calling and, um, it would refer to what I'm walking in right now. But back then I'd be like, I don't know what they're talking about. I want to just go work in the entertainment industry. And that's, that's my jam. Um, there was a specific moment. I'm remembering now I was in a church service after service. I was writing in my journal And I felt it was just an impression, but I felt that still small voice of God say, you are, I'm using you to impact all forms of media. And to me, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because I'm, I was studying television in college. Um, I had a history. I was a DJ in the past. Like I could already see, I could see the Lord using, of course he would use those things. And throughout the journey of that till this point now, uh, he has placed my hand in every form of media uh, that I can think of in one way, shape, or form, either being on on the other side of the camera, so to speak, in production or design, and then now it's more upfront, being the voice or the face uh, in those media elements. So it's that's a that was a crazy wow. crazy thing. Well, I love that you said there were a lot of um, essentially prophetic voices who spoke something over you then that didn't make any sense, but it does now, you know, what would you say to the person who feels like, okay, I I have actually received prophetic words, or I felt like God has called me to X, Y, and Z, but I'm not seeing the fruit in my life yet. I'm not seeing this thing come to fruition, if you will, just yet. 
when is that ever going to happen? Like I can even just hear the voices of people like, God has said this, this, and this, but I'm not seeing it happen. Like, what would you say to young Jenny receiving all these words that maybe (laughs) sounded amazing? Maybe you're like, heck yeah, Lord, let's do it. I've arrived. Yeah. (laughs) But you didn't see it for years. Like, what would you say to that person? Mm. Ah, Nicole, that's a great question. I, there's so many things running through my mind that I would say to little Jenny. Um, I think taking the prophetic seriously is important. I, I don't want to diminish that. Um, I would, would steward those words. Well, um, read them. I, I still look back on prophetic words and we'll read them every couple times throughout the year. Um, and it helps me refocus. Um, but I do want to say one thing. I think if we begin to elevate the prophetic word above Christ, then we're, we're worshiping the wrong thing. Cause yeah. we can even, yeah. we can worship these words and we're not worshiping the one who's given the words. So, um, in the book, I talk about circumstance, God can speak through our circumstance. And there's been so many examples where God would use a person to speak through my circumstance. And I would begin to chase that circumstance that was spoken above God. And, and it, wow. it gets really confusing because say someone, pro- someone has actually prophesied that my husband and I are going to be missionaries in some remote place. I never heard of. If I began elevating that word, above Christ. And, and that word never comes to pass. I'm going to be theologically so confused and hurt. And there's a stability that just worshiping Christ brings, right? So there's that side of it. We want to be honorable and mature in our faith to steward the words. Well, um, just let the record know I did throw out that prophetic word that said I'd be a missionary. in <laughs> But if that happens, you can hold me accountable and be like somebody <laughs> prophesied and I will repent and say, I'm so sorry, God. Um, but the great thing about God is that he gives us the ability to discern his voice. So as we have prophets uh, and and friends and people speak into our life, we get to hold those words up into, uh, under the authority of scripture. And we also get to hold those words and understand if they align with God's character. And we get to prayerfully consider, is this a word for me? Is it right now? If it's right now, do I need to be doing something? If the word's for later, how can I steward that word and honor God's voice in this and then move forward from there? And if God's like, now you can throw out that word, you can just shelf it or throw it in the garbage can and not think about it. So there's a lot we can do with, with, uh, yeah, with tackling those words he's given us through people. And, And I love that you said we can throw it out because, you know, one of the things that when I'm teaching on the prophetic, I tell people, if it doesn't align to the word of God and to the spirit that you carry, it's actually not Christ. So someone could say something and maybe it's even a fantastic, encouraging word, but if it goes against the word of God, I call it flushing it. You flush that mm-hmm. daggone word down the toilet and you say, bye bye. Um, yeah. because carrying those things is really, you're carrying something against the, the word of God and, um, and the spirit of God in you. And I've had people, and I'm going to ask you a fun question after I share this, but I've had people that um, they will say, you know, gosh, that word, it didn't, it wasn't bad. It just felt odd. It just felt weird. And what do I do when it's not necessarily a discouraging word? Maybe it, it, you know, it was, it felt encouraging, but it still kind of felt off. What do I do with those? And I say, you know what, if it doesn't align to the spirit of God in you, that is, you know, the spirit of God inside, then you get to throw that away. Even if it is something like, okay, I guess that's not a bad word, but the spirit in which was carrying that word, if you will, something just felt off about that. Maybe they were projecting something or whatnot. Yeah. What would you say 
or maybe you have a fun story. Oh man, this could be good. Okay. Have you ever received just the most off the wall, weird, prophetic, prophetic word, or even maybe you were sitting with the Lord and something got said to you and you knew it wasn't God. Like, have you ever had an experience of one of those? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I was, gosh, there's so much we could talk about. I'm so excited about our conversation. I was, so I was teaching a Bible study at this, um, church down the road and I love these people and I got invited in to teach. So I was teaching this Bible study. I was, um, one of two of women in the room. There were all these men there, which is great and fine. And I was the youngest person there. And these, these older men who I've gotten to know, they brought in this, uh, new person. And, um, (laughs) so I'm teaching and it was a really, it was a really good lesson. It was about how God can speak in the mundane moments of our life. And like, let's talk about it. And I'm trying, I'm doing that leader thing where you leave space for the introverts to respond. So I'm like, what do you guys think about it? Like waiting for a response. And this man who I'd never met before begins to publicly yell at me, reprimand me, tell me that I have no I, this is a word from the Lord. He says, you have no comprehension of repentance. You need to, and then he begins to cuss and swear at me in every vulgar word you could think of. But this was a quote, and I quote a word from the Lord. Wow. Um, so of course I ran away crying. Cause what do you do? Oh, I ran away crying. And, I, and this was, he, he follows me outside and I just like, those men did not protect me. The men oh, wait a brought second. You literally ran. So he gives I, this word and you literally just run out of the room. Yeah. He was yelling in my face. I run out wow. of the room. He follows me outside, begins to cuss, calling me all the vulgar names. He's in this field, just pacing, pacing, pacing. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, that was definitely evil and like the creepiest thing ever. And in that moment, I didn't have the knowledge or was too freaked out to be like, I cast you out of the name of Jesus. Like, <laughs> like I kind of looking back, I'm like, why didn't those men do that? Like, why didn't they control the situation? Like yeah. they should have protected me. Um, but you know, we all have regrets. So I run away crying wow. and then, um, they bring their friend home and we're like, well, we're going to keep praying. So we go, I go back in and we pray. And then the men who brought their friend come in and they were like, um, well, welcome to ministry, Jenny. And I go, I've been in ministry and I'm in ministry and you need to bring your friend to counseling and you should have prayed for him. That is not okay. Like they just tried to stamp this approval of like, well, you're in ministry now that is allowed behavior. And it's, it's things like that, that miss the heart of God, manipulate and twist his words. And like, it it just felt so ugly and off to me. Mm. And, um, I use that often as an illustration of like leadership and there's so much we could pull from that moment. But the, the biggest thing is, um, the ability to discern in the heat of the moment. Like, obviously I know if God's calling me to repentance, I have the Holy spirit living in me who will, who will convict me. I have close friendships and relationships who can call me out. If I don't have a comprehension of repentance, it's not going to be a random stranger on the street. That's going to go crazy and yell in my face. Yeah, okay. I actually, it's a good story. I experienced, um, this is like very recent. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> I I'm so something. <laughs> um, I was, I finished preaching at a church and a guy came up to me and he had been waiting, you know, and waiting. I could see out of my peripheral. Okay. He's waiting to talk to me and I was finishing up a conversation. So I went over and he follows me. I, oh, thank you so much for your word. And I'm like, absolutely. What an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. And 
he begins to kind of get louder and louder about his views on baptizing people in the name of Jesus versus baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I've never heard this argument. I've been in full-time ministry for 15 years now. And I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. And I tend to just have a lot of empathy and understanding for people like this because I'm like, you know what? I don't know his history. I don't know him. I just want to love him really well in this situation. And clearly, it wasn't anything that I said, but there's something triggering him to share this response. And so I just said, oh, I just, I bless you. So good to meet you. And my, um, the person holding my five-month-old baby came over and she said, hey, you know, your son needs to be nursed. Can you come? She was just trying to save me. I'm like, thank yeah. you. But I realized in that moment, you know, people think that they carry something that is, is accurate um, and is, is right. And uh, maybe some people even think that they've heard the voice of God on certain things. And, and I guess this leads me to my next question of, you know, Jenny, how do you teach people. And maybe this is why everyone just needs to go buy your book right now. Just go buy her book so you can learn all these things more in depth. But um, how do you teach people? Let's say they have a, like a Jonah word. They have a word that's like, oh, I don't want to give, it's a warning word. I don't want to give that word or that. That doesn't sound super encouraging, but maybe it is the Lord. Maybe not say in your situation or my situation was that. But for someone who gets before the Lord and they maybe hear what I just call warning words. They hear words that aren't necessarily like, Jenny, you're going to be preaching to millions and people are going to da, da, da. Maybe it's (laughs) something else, right? Like how, how do you tell people to discern some of those more warning words and when to release them? Mm. I love that you're asking this question because we, we, I think we've been Instagram friends for a while uh, Nicole, but we just, I just started like becoming extra obsessed with you in a, in a healthy way because there's been, I feel like warning words, the Lord is releasing in this season, um, that, that me personally, I'm having to learn when do I say things at, like prophetically and when do I let things go? And you released a word, um, uh, two weeks ago, maybe that confirmed the word that the Lord put on my heart. And, mm-hmm. and as I was praying for it, it gave me courage to continue to move forward in releasing it. And I think, um, and we can share that later if you want, but yeah. I think the Lord will use other people to confirm words. Um, of course, like we prophesy mm-hmm. in part, uh, so he'll use other people to confirm words and to carry out the word and to continue the word. And I think also, um, if there's a warning, warning word, it can still be an encouraging word because we know the end game and his name is Jesus yes. and, and he wins. Yes. Uh, so if the word is pointing people to Jesus and I, and I shared the word and I, I got other people's opinions that I trust. And I said, this is really what I'm feeling from the Lord. What do you think about it? And uh, I, I brought it under scripture. I prayerfully considered, wow. is there scriptural support around this word? What does that look like? And the Lord is just patient and kind. And, and I felt when I felt he wanted me to release it, it was like this, oh my gosh, I'm going to puke my guts out. It has to get out there. It wow. has to get out there. And then two days later, the word started coming to pass and, and I had to, and I was so sad because I didn't want the word to come to pass because it's a warning word and it's a sad word. And if we remain humble under the Lord, under the Lordship in in our lives, we're going to respond that way because we actually understand what he's doing. And uh, yeah, it's kind of confusing because I didn't give context for the word, but I don't know if you want to do that or not. No, no, that's okay. I 
you know, I, I'll often tell people if there's this large burden of a yeah. word for people, pray until it lifts, you know, pray until that burden lifts. But probably majority of the time, it's still something that has to be shared. And I think that, and I'd love to hear what you have to say about this, but I think we live in such a time where um, the prophets of our day or those who claim to be prophets and these prophetic words, it seems like it's um, a cool thing now, at least where I am in Southern California, to give prophetic words that are, you know, jazzy and fun and sparkly and wow. And I'm like, you know, I, I love those words. I think we should always be giving more of those words than warning words. And, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you only ever get warning words, I would probably encourage you to pray for, for the Lord to give you other words besides that, because then you just become a, a worrying prophet. But, um, but I'll tell people, pray until that burden lifts and still step out. And there's a, a tact and there's a way, right? Like I wouldn't air your dirty laundry if I had something that I felt like, oh, this is a little um, intimate and private. I'd probably pull you to the side. Like there's a way to do things. Yeah. But you know, well, I think yeah, about- if it's, if it's different, if it's for a person versus if it's for public, like yes. conception, there's a different yes. way to honor that word. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of even public, you know, I, the boldness and the fire, at least in me in this season, um, has really just been that of complete surrender to God. I'm going to trust your voice over what I'm hearing or seeing. I'm going to trust what you're saying over what seems to be the popular prophetic word of our time or this. And that's been not necessarily hard for me, but it, it has been an interesting walk to go, okay, everyone is saying this thing or, or they're releasing this prophetic word, but I'm actually seeing the opposite or wait mm-hmm. a second. I'm actually going to hold you accountable to that word because the way I think that non-believers and people who are not used to hearing the voice of God or don't understand it, it's because sometimes they've seen prophets, self-proclaimed prophets say something that did not come to pass. And for me, I have a, call it the fear of the Lord, call it um, a righteous fire. I don't know, but I am terrified of releasing the wrong word in the wrong time because I will be held accountable as a minister of the gospel in that way for people. Um, And not to put all that weight on me, God is their savior. Nicole is not their savior. But if I proclaim- if I, there's a responsibility, right? If I proclaim to hear from God, like I want to, I just want to pray until the burden lifts so that I know when and what season and what way do I release this? Because the prophets are to tell the times, right? That's scriptural, but, um, but there's a lot swirling. And you know what, Jenny, I even feel led to even ask you like, what, what is your take? And I I don't want to name names and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but what is your take on, at least in the culture that you and I might be used to all these prophetic words around different things. And again, we don't have to get into topics or names, but what is your take on maybe what's happening in the world right now with prophetic words that prophets are releasing that may not have happened yet or seem to be happening? Yeah. (laughs) We, we aren't, we don't have full comprehension of God's timeline. I'll start there. So, um, prophets, the office of the pro. So let's humanize this a little bit. We can, we are all called to prophesy, right? Yes. And then God, um, calls people to the office of the prophet. So those are the words I would assume you're 
referring to right now, like the bigger. Yeah. So in regards to discerning those words and, Oh, what about this? We, we should be held accountable to the words we're releasing. We should be taking ownership over them. We should be repentant when the Lord calls us to repent and say, Oh my gosh, I missed it. We should talk to our leaders and, and those we do community with and and analyze how did we miss that? But the question I have in this season is did did those people miss it? And I know I'm talking in broad generalizations, but again, we don't have the full scope of what God is doing. We only see in part. And, and, and I believe God is not done. So the people that have been releasing words, and I'm talking specifically over the political agenda, people that have been releasing words and powerful words, my spirit's discerning to be true. God is not done. He is not finished. And there's still forward momentum. So we are not called to shrink back right now or to give disclaimers or to try to talk our way out of it. We must stand firm in the boldness he's giving us to steward those words honorably and well. And whatever comes to pass, may we glorify God in it. We have opportunity to demonstrate godly character as we continue to lead and move through the next steps of what he's, he's bringing and doing. Yes. Amen. And I love that you, you said to to not give up, give in just yet to continue to press on and even to, you know, say yes and amen to some of the words that we want to see come forth that maybe we haven't because there is an in part season that it does feel like we, we are in right now. That is so crazy. I'm like, there's a part of me, I'm super excited for what God's doing. I'm like, this is so wild and the whole world is manifesting, but wow, what is going to come out of this? You know, (laughs) the whole world is manifesting. Yeah, it is, it is crazy. It's a crazy season and, and people are so weary and all we can do to battle that weariness is just to be in the presence of God. Like that's, that is He's so worthy of our time and of our space. So, yeah, yes, yes. And amen. Um, What would you maybe go over this in your book so you can give us a little insight, but, you know, for someone listening that um, has never heard the voice of God or has never experienced what it could be like to hear God's voice, like what are some logistical, practical, like one, two, three ways that they could start preparing for that? Yeah. So the biggest way, um, I always like to share that God, God is God. He can speak however he wants that disclaimer out of the way is as we have, when we have a relationship with Jesus instantly, we have the indwelling of the Holy spirit, um, which enables us to have a relationship to communicate. So now we have access to the father. We can communicate with God. Um, and, and, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they will use these different ways of communicating to us through practicing spiritual disciplines. So as we study scripture, God will speak loud and clear through scripture. As we take time in worship, God will speak uh, loud and clear through that. As we pray, there's these different things we can do. As we attend a local church, I know we can grab resources from all over the internet, which we're all happy to provide, but we should be planted in a local church, a local community, uh, because the the pastor and leadership know how to steward your area and lead you well. We should be involved in community there. God can speak through leadership, um, through the sermons. He can speak through um, creation even. Uh, so there's all these different ways God can speak as we understand the Holy Spirit and our relationship with Jesus and what that looks like. Everything, every word we feel God is saying 
must go under the authority of scripture. Yes. So God will never contradict scripture. Uh, everything will align with scripture or um, it will align with God's character. Yes. So just having that solid framework and then knowing, okay, well, I get to show up for God. He, he, he already showed up for me. I get the privilege of showing up for God through spiritual disciplines. And from that place, I'll begin to hear his voice and discern, all right, well, is this aligned with scripture and, and what does that look like? Yeah, that's good. I know that you have children and one of the things that I'm trying to really walk out um, purposefully and intentionally right now in my season of young, young babies is making sure that I foster um, a home in which it's normal to hear the voice of God, a home in which yeah. my kids expect to hear the voice of God. And I didn't grow up in that environment. And I don't know a lot of people who grew up in that environment, but how do you, even in your home with your kids, how do you teach them how to hear the voice of God? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, we always do this thing um, at the end of the day during dinner, which is what was the greatest part of your day, which was the hardest part. And I always try to gear the conversation towards, well, how, did you see God in that? Like, how did you see God in, in those moments? And it, it brings up the discussion of, well, God is moving, right? Because that's really all we're trying to do is figure out how God's moving and how we get to be a part of it. Um, so I'm trying to teach them to see God moving in the midst of whatever their circumstances. And then, you know, we'll pray and stuff. And I'll be like, do, do you feel like God put anything on your heart? Like, do you want to pray for somebody? Did somebody pop into your mind? Or do you, do you have an encouraging thought? A lot of the times they'll say no, but sometimes, just sometimes they have something to share and it's really profound. Um, another thing we do in the mornings, I'll drive the kids to school. We'll do this thing called morning motivations. And I just think it's fun to yell morning motivations. Yeah. They hate it, but I love it. And I'll just say, okay, you know what, Zoe, I just think you're such a great leader. And I'll just like encur give Come them on. an encouraging word, just speak life over them. And I'll say, all right, now you do it to your brother. And she'll begin to just speak life over him. And it's not always like this divine revelation of like, we know what's going to happen today, but it's just, I mean, we encouragement, um, we can prophesy by encouraging, comforting and edifying. And that's what we're doing. We're just using a fancy morning motivations to, to yeah. get it out there. And um, when I preach at churches, I have the women do that. I'll be like, all right, let's do some, some um, motivation, morning motivations. And you'll just see women weeping in the audience. Um, wow. And I think we downplay the authority and the way we hear God because we think it has to be this big mystical, like there's an angel when it's really quite simple. A lot of times it's just being still before the Lord and Obviously, in those intimate moments, we learn to recognize his voice. And then when we have these more public moments, we're able to discern, yeah, that's definitely God. And I'm going to call that out in the person. Yeah, it, that even reminds me of, you know, Proverbs 18. I think it says that life and death are in the tongue. We get to yes. either release life or we get to release death. And even over ourselves, even as we start our day, my, I like how you guys do your your morning motivations. We do just morning declarations and it's where we just Ooh. all clear it's very similar. I, yours is actually a little bit more active. I'm like, I should actually do that. Have my daughter say sweet things about her brother because often it's <laughs> the opposite, but you know, we'll just say I am a, um, a daughter or son of Christ. I am going to have a good day. I am going to listen and obey, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I am going to be joyful. And so, um, you know, we begin to release life over ourselves. The kids release life over themselves and over their day. And I think the more that people understood, we actually have the power and the authority to 
carry that and to release that, I think it would actually change our day. You know, there was a book written mm-hmm. about, um, and being able to change our mindset and, um, being able to have, you know, positive thoughts and how scientifically it, it, you know, even is proven what the Bible has said about releasing life and death. Like we actually do have the power to change our thought life and the things that come in and out. And I actually believe like your, your motivation, morning motivations and declarations, like that is the key to believing one God's word, but two releasing those things over our life. So I love that. I love that you do that with your kids. And, you know, and one other thing, cause I, I even sense there might be someone listening to this and they're going, yeah, that doesn't work. Like I've tried that with my kids and it just it didn't, there was no fruit to it. I, this is so random, but I just thought about it. So I'm going to share it. I read a, 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 an article one time about giving our kids vegetables and cause you know, us moms, we're always trying to figure out how do we get our kids to eat vegetables? And so I read this article one time, it was talking about, even if your kids don't eat the vegetables, still put it on their plate because they're getting used to seeing with their eye, a green bean or some spinach or a salad or whatever. And even if they take a bite, continue to put it on their plate. Cause a lot of times we go, well, that's not working. Let's just toss it out. I'm not going to give them the salad. I'm not going to give them the broccoli because they're just not going to eat it. But then it creates an eye and a stomach that's used to seeing no vegetables versus no, I at least take a couple of bites and a couple bites is better than no bites at all. And I even think about that in an analogy to teaching our kids how to hear God's voice and, you know, doing the morning motivations of going, maybe they don't always respond, but if they respond one day out of the week or two days out of the five, you know, it's a, it's a positive thing. It's a win because they're getting used to that. Like we're creating a culture in our kids that say, this is normal and this is what we do. So if you're a parent out there and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I can never do what Jenny's doing. I can never do what Nicole's doing. Just keep doing it. Right. Yeah. the worst it's going to encourage you right just to speak over yeah. your in front of your kids because i think it does matter with creating that culture in our children yeah and there's so much so many promises from the bible that god has for us and for the person that's like i don't know i don't want to just pull anything out of thin air like look through scripture yeah. There's this beautiful story. So my Italian grandma, we called her Nana, and she would take my cousin on walks daily. And there were three things she would speak over her in Italian. And um, after she passed, my cousin was sharing the story and she was just sobbing, sharing like those three things she spoke every day because it was so profoundly impactful in her life. And I walked away being like, I want to have three things I speak over my children daily. And so I prayerfully considered what are the three like core values based on scripture that I want my kids to walk away with. And you better believe those core things. I will say to them, it is like pasted on the door as we walk out um, to our home from our home and they, they will see it and they might not find value in it now. But you better believe when they are older and going through something, I pray to God, those three core values. Okay. I am loved. I have a purpose and I am bold and they will have the courage to rise up and walk in the very thing God's invited them to. And I think, I think like you were kind of describing, we can downplay the significance of longevity of the power, the powerful words God puts on our hearts for our family. And they're there is so much beauty that can come from just the consistency of, of repetition and showing up. And, and it's like, you know, we go to church every week and we don't always feel the powerful butterfly moments of going to church, but there's a longevity of faith that's being built and a foundation that's being built week after week after week of showing up. And that's what happens when you speak life, speak life, speak life, speak, yes. up, 
speak life. You're building the faith for others. And it's powerful. And of course, theologically accurate, like Jesus is the one who does it. But you know, and it, well, like we're setting a standard um, and, uh, and something to be a reminder for them. Yeah, so good. I love it. Well, r- remind us again, Jenny, just before we jump off, getting to know God's voice.com is the easiest way for people to find out where your book is, but they can also find it on Amazon. Where else yep. can they get information about um, getting to know God's voice? Yeah, just at the website is awesome. And I have free resources on there. And um, my prayer is that it just empowers people to know that they can hear from God at whatever state of faith they are in. God is speaking. And I really, I really want us to show up and, and not miss his move. Yeah. Amen. And would you say um, it is an easy read for, for people? I mean, I would say yes, but I'd love your opinion. Easy read for people just getting started um, yeah. and walking with the Lord. Yeah, there's been some churches that are considering using this as like a starter resource for new people that step into the faith. So I definitely think it's an easy resource. There, it's there's short, short uh, chapters. There's 31 days of chapters, and um, they're super short. It's like two or three pages, and then at the end of every chapter, there's the practical. I call them hearing aids, and it's like here, here's how you're gonna practice learning to hear God's voice right now in this moment. And there's 31 of those to help you train and discern how God is moving. And I'm leading uh, women through a small group of it now. And you got the stories that are coming from their faithful obedience and hearing God. It's so radical. And, and I just pray that people get the book and actually do the hearing aids and start walking in obedience towards what God has for them. Cause there is so much power behind that. I love hearing aids. That is awesome. You have a good, you have great play on words. I just, I love your, I love your shut the shut up and hearing aids. It's awesome. (laughs) It makes it more fun. Well, Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining today. And again, if you have been listening to this, getting to know God's voice.com, Jenny Randall here, and I will talk to you all soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to connect with me on any of the social media platforms, you can find me at Nicole Lynn Rowan.